They had just witnessed Jesus, their friend and leader, whom they hoped to be the Messiah, suffer a gruesome death by crucifixion. Doubt, fear, and uncertainty clouded their conversation as they journeyed home questioning the future. Until something miraculous happened. The risen Jesus appeared and answered their questions. Today, many young Catholics step onto college campuses with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed of faith given to them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, scheduled to be released in the summer of 2021, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. To pre-order your copy and help spread the word about the book, visit patchworkheart.org. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. Thank you so much for tuning in, as uh, you have always been doing uh, this past week. Um, thank you so very much for being with us, and uh, I can't believe we're on episode 123. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Ann DeSantis. And um, how are you this evening, Ann? Oh, there she is. Yes, I'm I'm doing great. And the more we're going to get into spring and summer, I'm I'm going to express that I'm doing even better and better because <laughs> uh, I've grown to love spring and summer more than any of the other seasons just because of the warmth. Yes. Thank you, Bill. Yes, you know, definitely. Uh it is warming up and uh I'm I'm also excited about 
this series that we're going to be doing, uh, we're doing a couple series back-to-back, by the way, for people uh, who may have missed the show, although people have been wonderful about listening, and listenership is going up, so I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in and listening to us, um, whether you're listening to us live on, on YouTube or you listen to us later uh, on anywhere podcasts can be found. Thank you for joining us and listening to us, but uh, we're, we're very excited uh, because we got a couple of wonderful series uh, starting tonight, back to back, and we're going to do a, a starting a series on the uh, marks of the church. Uh, one holy, Catholic, and apostolic are the marks of the church, and so tonight we're going to talk about what oneness means um, and and being one. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm excited about this little series, Anne, and then uh, we're going to follow that by the Beatitudes, <laughs> which is going to be awesome yeah. too. Yeah, uh, it's it's awesome. And um, and with that said, Bill, we've had some amazing guests over these last 123 episodes that we've done. And I think you said we're at episode 123, yeah. so I should say 122 episodes. But it's it's a lot of, and I don't know if I should use the word fun, but it's a lot of um, interest. It's It's beautiful. It's an unpacking of our faith when we can do things like the four marks of the church and the beatitudes, take the time for you and I to reflect and talk about it. And not only for us to learn, but for our listeners to learn too, because we're going to be referring to the catechism of the Catholic church and Holy scripture as we go along here. So it's not just going to be Anne and Bill's opinion no. of, <laughs> of what the, the, the four marks of the church are. And tonight will be the church is one, which is the first mark. So it's definitely not going to be just our opinion. This is really going to be what the church teaches. Uh, yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, it's it's going to be what the church teaches, and but but it's also going to be, um, you know, part. It's also going to be, I think, important for for us individually, spiritually. You know, when you start delving into these topics, we 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 begin to learn a lot. The Holy Spirit shows up in this conversation. <laughs> that's that's the best yes. way to say it. The Holy Spirit shows mm-hmm. up in this conversation. Uh, you know, Christ appears to us in this conversation. So um, we're we're really excited um, to be able to bring um, this to you. And so I guess we'll jump in on one and what one is. And um, you know, when you know, I, first of all, maybe we should preface it by saying. We say these things pretty much at every Mass. You know, if you say the Nicene Creed, you know, you say, I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. These, these are words that you, um, that you say every Sunday that you go to church. And you've been saying them since you were a kid, and maybe you haven't really thought about them very much. You know, I, you know we, we kind of go through the creed on autopilot, <laughs> you know, when we say the rosary, mm-hmm. uh, which is the Apostles' Creed, of course, but, we, but, but I think we go through it on autopilot. We don't often slow down and, and unpack it. And so, of course, there's a lot to the creed, but these marks of the church uh, are the things that, that make the church unique, right? They're, they're, they're the things that are kind of like, if you had four pillars on, you know, or, or four you know, sides of a house, right? Like you were to build your house on these four things. That's really what it's built on. You know, if you take, you know, like, like, like four different pillars and you stand them up and you can, you can build a house on them. So that's really what 
the you know the marks of the church are they they're the things that define the edges of the church uh they 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 they, they define uh what the church is and they give it parameters and guidelines uh and so uh tonight tonight's show is all going to be about one and and uh so and you know let uh, maybe uh you want to shed a little bit of light on uh where where you think one begins <laughs> yeah and thank you bill i would say first of all that if you can either grab a catechism or go online to Vatican VA, that's Vatican.va, and it's part one of the profession of faith, section two, the profession of the Christian faith. And I think it's important that you said that when you think of those four legs of the church, it's almost like a, a structure, right? When you think of a structure that has to stand there, uh, there's those four legs that are holding it up. And that's really what the church, what it is, these right. marks of the church, right? It's one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. So I do want to say that we are also going to do a podcast on each one of those. So tonight will be one. And then on Thursday night at six, we will do holy. Next Tuesday night at six, we will do Catholic. And then next Thursday night at six, we will do apostolic. So we're going to unpack those uh, on those nights of the podcast. And looking at number 811 of the catechism, it says here that this is the sole church of Christ, which in the creed we profess to be one holy Catholic and apostolic. These four characteristics inseparably linked with each one indicate essential features of the church and her mission. The church does not possess them of herself. It is Christ who through the Holy Spirit makes his church one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. It is he who calls her to realize each of these qualities. And I think that's what they really are. They're essential characteristics. I just read that recently, that that's what they really are. Mm -hmm. If somebody were to say, who is the Catholic church? we can easily and simply say the church is one holy catholic and apostolic yeah and that's a and you know and that's a beautiful thing you know like we were talking i think in in some different episodes uh, about just how the um how important it is uh to have you know character right like you know you know, like, like like we define our character by by our qualities Right, I, I, and I, and I forget which guest, you know, one of the previous episodes was talking about that, but you know, you know, we we define our character by the qualities in which we are, and these are the qualities of the Catholic Church. You know, like like if you say, you know, putting on a resume, like, uh, you know, the 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 different aspects or or qualities or, or attributes, right? The attributes of something. If you were to put uh, these attributes on a resume, you would say, okay, the Catholic Church is one holy Catholic and apostolic. And, and again, it, it, it's what makes the Church the Church, uh, in, in some respects, and as, as you were saying, you know, it, it, it makes the Church the Church. Uh, so when we, do, when we look at one, um, you know, I, I, I think uh, it's all about unity, right? It, this is all about unity and, and, and the Trinity, uh, because, you know, God is, God is one, Right. And and that's really where the catechism starts. Uh, the church is one because of her source. And this is uh, 
paragraph 813 in the, cate- in, in the catechism. It says, The Church is one be- uh, because of her source. The highest exemplar and source of this mystery is the unity in the Trinity of persons, of one God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Church is one because of her founder. For the Word made flesh, the Prince of Peace, reconciled all men by the cross, restoring the unity of all in one people and one body. And the church is one because of her soul. It is the spirit dwelling in those who believe and pervading the ruling over the entire church who brings about that wonderful communion of the faithful and joins them together so intimately in Christ that he is the principle of the church's unity. Unity is of the essence of the church. You know, that, that's an amazing uh, paragraph, 813. I, you know, I think you can just sit there and meditate on that for a really long time and still not, uh, you know, uh, get all of its richness. And the reason for that is because uh, of that last sentence about the Holy Spirit dwelling in those who believe and they're pervading rule a ruling over the entire church who brings about wonderful communion of the faithful i mean have you thought about the holy spirit uh being being the same in each and every soul right right at baptism like when it's the same holy spirit it's it's the one god that unites every person on the planet that's been baptized right like isn't that isn't that incredible when you think about that? Isn't that amazing? And 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 I think you can even go deeper than just baptism, right? Like like w- whether they believe it or not, like whether they believe it or not, the one God is the God that called them into being, called them into creation, right? So isn't that just incredible to to just think about and how how the entire uh, you know, hum, human race through the grace of the Holy Spirit is called to be part of that. They are part of that body of Christ, you know, uh, and, and called to be part of the body of Christ for those who aren't baptized. Absolutely. Bill, you did a great job, too, with that. And and what I'm hearing is a bringing together. That is exactly what I'm hearing. And when you think of the word one, it is a bringing together of people of the whole through the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Trinity, and you hear those words like unity and Trinity and and the church's unity. I mean, this is uh, an amazing thing when you think about it. And you know what? This can only really be done through God. The power of God is to bringing all of this together, and that's the beauty of the Catholic Church is that whole bringing together of the diversity. And I'll just go on here reading on 814 of the catechism. It says, from the beginning, this one church has been marked by a great diversity, which comes from both the variety of God's gifts and the diversity of those who receive them. Within the unity of the people of God, a multiplicity of peoples and cultures is is gathered together. Among the church's members, there are different gifts, offices, conditions, and ways of life. Holding a rightful place in the communion of the church, there are also particular churches that retain their own traditions. Uh, The great unity, yet sin and the burden of its consequences constantly threaten the gift of unity. And so the apostle apostle has to exhort Christians to maintain the unity of the spirit 
in the bond of peace. So what it's saying, I think, is that, yeah, there's going to be threats to that oneness, right? But in the end, really, God is more powerful to bringing and drawing that diversity together. And I don't know about you, Bill, but when I think about people that I know, whether Catholic or non-Catholic, people certainly do have a lot of varied gifts. Mm -hmm. And in the church, when we're bonded together through the Holy Spirit, working together for one goal, which is God's goal, right? The whole, the God's will. Then that's when you're really going to see beautiful things happen with the, as the church puts it, with the diversity, right? And diversity is a good word. It really is. It is. And it's a beautiful thing when we're bonded together as one in that diversity. Yeah. You know, your, your reflection on that reminded me of a time that I was out to lunch with a deacon um, who now I've lost contact with, but I was out to lunch with him um, many years ago. And um, we were sitting there over lunch and just talking about ministry and for, for the church we were working for. And he said something super profound. He said, you know, the, the Trinity is the perfect model of both unity and diversity. <laughs> oh wow! You know, and and just as much as uh, we are all united, there we are all united. We are also all, as you said, having our own gifts. And you know, we we talk a lot about needing gifts in the world. You know, like I I need to have this skill, right? I need to learn this thing so that I can get a job. I can, uh, you know, teach this to my child. Like, like there's, there's oftentimes we, we hear that, right? And like, like I, I need to acquire this. So we spend years acquiring <laughs> skills, right? And, and, and honing talents. I mean, we, we really do, you know, some of us spend hundreds of thousands of dollars going to university to to learn or going to college to learn how to do it. And um, what we have to, I think, realize as Christians and Catholics is that God, regardless of our, our schooling, has placed in you that unique calling, that unique gift that only you can bring into the body of Christ. You know, because w- without your gift, of diversity, without the gift of diversity that you bring into the body of Christ, you do not, you know, the, 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 the one body of Christ is incomplete, you know? Like, I mean, it's, it, it is so perfectly said in St. Paul's letters about, about you know, the, the body being all one but having many parts, right? So, you know, I mean, you know, eyes can't play the role of fingers, and fingers can't play the role of eyes, but you need to have both in order for the body to be one. You know, no one would just say, oh, here's, here's a digit off of my fingers, and here's a human body. No, it's a part of a human body. But, but if you don't exercise your gifts, if you don't exercise your talents, if you don't bring the diversity, you know, into it, then, you've, then, then you're not um, truly one, are you? You're not truly one. You're not whole. Yeah, it really is beautiful. I mean, when you think about all of this, because I don't know, my mind just went to the fact of when we look at families, organizations, schools, groups, churches, and you look at the body of people that serve, like even within a a small family unit, 
right? Uh, the domestic church. And you look at each member of that family, they all have their own gifts and talents. And we hear that word a lot in the Catholic church, don't we? Gifts and talents. But, you know, it's an important thing to really look at that that's what it means to be one is that you're joining in that diversity through the gift of the Holy Spirit, bringing it together so that God's will can be done. And what it says here, I'm just going to continue in Article yeah. 815 in the Catechism. It says, what are the bonds of unity? Above all, charity binds everything together in perfect harmony. But the unity of the Pilgrim Church is also assured by visible bonds of communion. And then it gives some bullet points here. Profession of one faith received from the apostles, common celebration of divine worship, especially of the sacraments, an apostolic succession through the sacrament of holy orders, maintaining the fraternal concord of God's family. And here we hear another word there, family, again. And that's really, honestly, Bill, I know you understand and agree. That's what we are as as part of this beautiful Catholic church and being one, the diversity is there. And through all of that diversity, through the gift of the Holy spirit, the unity is there too. Amen. And that's how we serve God and how we serve others. It is exactly, exactly. Uh, and again, without, you know, I, I also go back. I, I think I've used this in a different podcast or a different episode of this podcast. And it's the, um, <laughs> I don't want to say it. Ann. It's the uh, mousetrap game, right? The mm -hmm. mousetrap game. If you take away the green bucket or the blue bucket, the the mousetrap game no longer works. Every part has to be there, and you know. So and and you know, if you think maybe you are do, maybe you are doing, and we can touch a little bit on this. Maybe if you are so good at at being the blue bucket, right? Like that is what God has called you to do, you know? And, and I know that there's a wonderful uh, resource that, you know, Lisa Maladnik put out and, and she's a good friend of our program uh, about, about the um, gifts. It's basically a gifts inventory. It's basically a gifts inventory that teaches you your strengths. I and, mean, you know, it's, it, it's strength coaching, right? But, but it's, um, but it's a beautiful thing because you learn where your strengths are and you learn where your weaknesses are too. But what God has placed in you and, and on your heart to be able to then go and, and be the best version of yourself um, and act and live in the world. And so I think, you know, that is such an important thing. The, the other thing I, I think about with this entire topic of being one is the fact that Jesus actually prayed for it for us. Jesus actually prayed for oneness in the Gospel of John. So it's not only uh, that it's not only that it's about these gifts, it's also about the fact that we have a common denominator. And that common denominator is that we are children of God, that we are called by God, you know, and we have to celebrate that. We have to bring our diversity into this. And Christ knows that. And for those of I, we, it, it, it's way too long to read on the air, uh, and, and it's not, uh, to my knowledge anyway, um, it is not part of any of m any of the masses. So you're not going to go to a mass and hear this, uh, but it's but it's a beautiful long prayer that is said by Jesus um, after the Last Supper in the Gospel of John, and 
um, it's it, it really is uh, a beautiful, beautiful prayer. Excuse me, it's right before the uh, Last Supper in John. But but here's what it what it says, uh, and I'm just going to read you a couple of the verses from this. It, it it starts with chapter 17. So just read the entire chapter 17 because it's awesome. But I'm going to read to you verses verse 11, and and it says this. These are Jesus' words praying for us to the Father. And now I will no longer be in the world, but they are in the world while I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one just as we are. Right? So Jesus is acknowledging that he is one with the Father. But then he extends it beyond, and, and we know that, like intellectually, intellectually, we know that Jesus say, you know, is one with the Father. We know that he's one with the Trinity. But then you expand it out and realize that he is praying for us to be one just as we or he and the Father are. <laughs> Think about that. I mean, that's Christ's prayer for us. That is Christ's prayer for you and me in the in the you know pinnacle at the pinnacle of his of his ministry, right? And this is about being called and chosen by him to be one, you know. And, and he's praying that we won't have these divisions, that we won't have these things. And you know, we have a long way to go too, right? In building unity within the Catholic Church, we have a long way to go just in our in our own body building that up, right? Yeah, Bill, thank you. And I have to say that was great. I love that part of the Bible where Jesus talks about that. Uh, again, tell us where it is. Yeah, so it's John chapter 17, verse 11. But if you begin the whole prayer, the whole prayer is beautiful. It, it, it begins with um, chapter seven, 17, uh, and it goes all the way through. Uh, it, it, his, his prayer is chapter 17. That his prayer is fully chapter 17 of the Gospel of John. Uh, so you can just read the entire chapter, verses 1 through, what is the last one? 26. So you can read those 26 verses, and they're very powerful and beautiful, because we we often, I mean, you know, we hear Jesus pray briefly throughout the, the, the Gospel, but I, but I believe that this is his longest prayer, his most continuous prayer, and it's, and, and it's a prayer for us. You know, this is a prayer for as just just as you know, uh, you know Christ is Christ is talking exactly directly about us to his Father. You know what? Keep them, make them one. You know, keep us united. I mean, there's so much in the prayer. I don't want to go through it all, uh, and and so take some time to really you know pray pray over it in your Bible uh, tonight or this week. Uh, but but I just love that line that Christ is calling us to be one and. And we, we oftentimes, you know, set up so many divisions uh, amongst church-going members, you know. I mean, let's, let's just think about that. Like, I'm a member of the Altar Society. I'm a member of the Eucharistic Ministers. I'm a member of this. I'm a member of that. <laughs> how many times—doesn't Jesus just want us all to be one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bill, that was great. Exactly. And, and again, I will say, that part of the Bible— for me, that's one of my favorites because, you know, what's going to bring us peace, really? What is going to bring me peace, Bill, 
and everybody else that's listening and, and the whole world. And that's that idea that despite the differences, you know, when you look at the catechism, you hear those beautiful words of unity and diversity and the Holy Spirit and the Holy Trinity, you know, that's where it all comes together. And, and, and those gifts that we all have make a difference for the entire world. You know what? Think about that. You might think to yourself, what can I do to make an effect on the whole world? And that is by accepting what God, is, what God has said, not only in Holy Scripture, but in this catechism here and what we're reading. And that's the idea that God wants us to be one. Now, Bill was talking about in our churches, you have that diversity of gifts. Somebody might say, well, I like the charismatic movement, or I, I'm an altar server, or I'm, I do this, I do that. Well, as Catholics, we can have that diversity, but we also still need to have the unity, don't we, Bill? Yes. We still need to have that unity. And you know what? We can be an example for the entire world, because when people see that Catholics are coming together, despite this diversity that they have, despite some of the differences that they share. And we've even seen that over this last year in different ways, right? Because there's some moral issues of the church. And even what some would call political issues that people would say, well, you know, I'm a liberal Catholic or I'm a conservative Catholic or I'm a middle of the road Catholic. Well, when we come together in the things that we all agree on and that we know what these teachings are, learn about what the church teaches. Yeah. You know, that's where we can come together when we can agree on what is being taught here, right? And I'm just going to go back and say that those four marks of the church are that we are one, holy. And believe me, the word holy is not what we would think. It's not necessarily pious, right? Yeah. One, holy. Catholic and apostolic. Yeah. That that's what it is. Exactly. So. Yeah, and you know, I mean you said it so beautifully too that you know, uh we we have to have we 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 have to have unity. You know, I I think the one thing that that Satan loves when we talk about uh division. I mean, I, I actually that's one of his titles is the divider or the deceiver, right? So so he 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 will seek to divide and and not bring unity. He the last thing he wants is unity amongst the body of Christ. And you know this is you know not uh, about truth, right? I mean this is about truth too. I mean you know there is truth in in saying that the Catholic Church contains the the truth about. Who the, who, the, who the human person is. It contains truth about what the world uh, and how the world was made, right? Like, it, it contains these truths that we can't change, but, but we all experience from a different perspective. We all experience that from a different perspective because of the diversity. But what binds us, what makes us one, is the... Is the Trinity? It, 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 it's the fact that we're a child of God. You know, it, it goes back to the baptism, right? It's that initiation into the life and body of Christ. We are one body, and 
and the fact that God desires every single person, you know, the fact that God desires every single person to be a member of his family. He didn't create you. You know, there's not a person on this planet God doesn't love, right? So, so if they don't know the Catholic Church, if they haven't seen the Catholic Church, if they haven't, you know, been witnessed to authentically, then guess what? It's this body's job to do that because God desires them to to be a member of His body. He doesn't create He doesn't create junk, <laughs> and He doesn't create um, you know arbitrary thing. He doesn't He doesn't create arbitrarily. He doesn't do it. So um, we we have to remember that as part of this one body is that we are called to bring all people, and that means people that you disagree with, right? People that you do not like. You know, uh, Christ talks about prayer for enemies, right? <laughs> like, like the, the this is what we have to do as as Catholics, and it's a tall order, right? And this is a tall order to pray for enemies, to to suffer for for our friends, to die, be willing to die and lay down our life for one's friends. Like this is this is a tall order to bring oneness, but that's how we do it. Yeah, exactly, and. Um... You, you said that so well. And I would also say that the beauty of the Catholic Church is that there's a lot of education here. And what we're reading from is two sources, the, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which is God-inspired, and also Holy Scripture. And if you want to look at the Catechism, I'm just going to repeat again where you can look and, and learn about the four marks of the Church is in Part 1 in the Profession of Faith, Section 2. You can even go on your phone and just key in marks of the church catechism and just read it that's exactly what i'm doing to be honest and uh, and i think bill what you were expressing is that it's really a calling for us as baptized catholics to bring about help to bring about that unity it's very important we don't want to foster disunity like we see in society and in politics and things like that you know, where there's such a division division, and a, such a hate of, of other people. You know, if we're really Catholic, part of that accepting what one means is by doing our part, right? And the first thing that we can do, I think, is to pray, right? How can we really be Catholic and how can we really be disciples of Christ if we're not praying? Because praying is where that d- development of the relationship starts Mm -hmm. right and also of course we have to say you know the honoring of the sacraments of the church and being active in your faith so you got to pray and you got to honor those sacraments and honor the teachings of the church right absolutely yep you're you're 100 right yeah and um and so go again to to that catechism and read now i do want to read if i could bill a little bit about what the catechism talks about, what are the wounds to the unity? Yeah. And that's going to be in 817. And it says, in fact, in this one and only church of God from its very beginnings, there arose certain rifts, which the apostle strongly censures as damnable. But in subsequent centuries, much more serious dissensions appeared with, and large communities became separated from full communion with the Catholic church, for which often enough, men of both sides were to blame. The ruptures that wounded the unity of Christ's body, here we must distinguish heresy, apostasy, and schism do not occur without human sin. And then it goes on, of course, but got to be aware 
that there have been those rifts and wounds, Bill, as you said, to, uh, to the oneness of the church. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, um, one of the very neat parts about that, when you talk about, uh, you know, the, how, how it succinctly says in there, very, I mean, let's read it just again there, and it, it, it says it's very succinctly, uh, they do not occur without human sin. The ruptures that, that wound the unity of the body, of Christ's body here, we must distinguish heresy, apostasy, and schism, do not occur without human sin. So take a look at that, and you look at um, what that means for us personally. You know, the, the Church has, you know, corporate sin, of course, and, and, and large corporate sin, meaning, you know, the sin of big bodies of people, uh, and and certainly that's a legitimate thing, but there's also something that is so much more um, important to God, and that's the individual soul. And and, and when someone cuts itself off through personal sin, right? Like like without personal sin, corporate sin can't occur. <laughs> you know, we we have to have personal sin before we can have corporate sin. So let's let's look at our lives and how we wound the body of Christ by our sin. And it, and everybody's sins are different. We can't sit here and go, uh, everybody is a sinner, by the way, <laughs> right? Like, everybody is a sinner. Yes. Save, <laughs> save mm-hmm. for the Blessed Mother. Save for the Blessed Mother. Only the Blessed Mother. Uh, the only fully human person to be saved from that. Um, but every other person on the planet it is a sinner, and so, therefore, we have contributed to corporate sin. We have contributed to um, the the tearing down of the body of Christ. And when you and when you look at it, you know, especially during the Easter season, you know, uh, I was at mass this past Sunday and listening to the priest talking, and you know, during his homily, and uh, Father Brian was talking about this this um, wounds of Christ. Why did why did the why did the wounds of Christ uh, still appear on the risen body? Right, like, like that, like, like, like that's one of those things. Like, if he was truly risen and restored, why wasn't he restored perfectly? Well, you know, when, when you really think about it, you really boil that down. Uh, you know, it, it is a phenomenal mystery. It's a great mystery how how Christ appeared uh, with those wounds. But he, the fact is that he still appeared with them. They're glorious wounds. They're wounds that heal and all of those things. But um, think about why they're still there, and. It's because the reminders of the fact that we wound the body of Christ through our sin. You know, if if we don't have that reminder there, that's that's another really big thing, right? Um, th- th- that I love about being Catholic is the fact that we have Jesus on the cross. You know, a lot of Protestants take Jesus off the cross, but 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 Catholics have a crucifix, and they and they have that crucifix with you know the corpus on the cross because. It serves as a reminder of what Jesus did. That you know, that's the greatest moment of our salvation is the moment Jesus died for our sins. So, looking at that wounded and torn body of Christ, when you really sit and look at it, man, how can you say, man, you know, I, I've wounded this body? You know, it, it's it, it's because and and Jesus has still desires the unity. He still desires the unity despite the fact that he's hanging up there for my sins. And uh, I think we've really got to take a deep look at that. 
uh, as as people, you know. And I think we really got to look at that and say, um, you know, what have I done to wound Christ, to wound the body of the body of Christ? Yeah, exactly. Thanks for bringing that up about the crucifix too. I think that's a good point for us because uh, it's it's a beautiful thing to have a crucifix in your house. And I think it's it's a beautiful thing to have it in every room because it's that reminder, like you said, of, yeah. of the body. And also that this was the greatest moment in history, really and truly, aside from the actual resurrection, right? But when Christ made that decision to do this for us, to die for our sins uh, through the Paschal mystery of the, the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of, of him, that that's what that that crucifix is a reminder of, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, we wound them all the time. But the, the good news is that we have the sacraments, and especially the sacrament of confession. And I have to say, uh, to me, I think that's one of our best sacraments. Now, I think they're all beautiful, especially the Eucharist, right? That's yeah. the crown. But uh, the sacrament of confession helps to make things right. Mm-hmm. helps us to uh, repair that relationship on an ongoing basis, right? It's not supposed to be a once and done. I mean, this is something we're supposed to go back to often because we, we make mistakes and we sin uh, even venially pretty often, I think. So it's a way that we can uh, repair that relationship, be one with him, be one with other people and keep trying. You know, that's the point about being one, is that division and those temptations and quite frankly, the devil himself and the demons, of course, will be tempting us to mess up and tempting us to be divide, deceive and destroy, right? The three D's or whatever that, that, that yep. Satan is always trying to do to divide us. And Satan wants to divide people. He wants us to fight about different things that are going on in the world and in politics and even inside the Catholic church, right? Yes. He wants us to say, well, I'm a liberal Catholic or I'm a conservative or I'm a this or I'm a that. I mean, when it comes right down to it, we're Catholic. That's what we should be. Mm-hmm. And, and, we, and we should be just looking at what the church t- teaches and looking at Christ and saying, you know what, let's get politics out of this. Right. Even though, you know, people say sometimes, well, they exist whether we like it or not. Right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, right, the oneness is going to come when we say we are Catholic and we accept what the teachings of Christ are and we're praying for one another. And we have to accept that the reality of sin is still here with us here on earth. But if we want to be one, we got to come together with the tools, right? Because actually the sacraments is or are, I should say, a great big tool for us, aren't they? So that we can be together as one. Yeah. Oh, Isn't that yeah. what the church does? Yeah, they, they unite us. You know, I mean, again, we, you know, you talk about the common denominator, right? The, the, these are things that come into our moments in life, right? There are significant moments in life. And you know, when you, like, when you think about the sacraments of commitment, like holy orders or marriage, 
you know, these are momentous moments in one's spiritual life. When, when you think about First Communion or baptism, these are momentous moments. They're moments in one's life that indelibly change the soul. They actually, you know, affect a change in the soul, right? Um, you know, of course, when you talk about oneness, I mean, the, the sacrament of, whole, uh, of, of matrimony is one that really <laughs> mirrors that oneness. I mean, you know, two, two souls, two, two bodies become one flesh. You know, that's, that's the beautiful thing about the genius of God and the genius of his sacraments. I mean, the genius of the sacraments and him drawing a picture for humanity by putting this sacrament of matrimony in the church says, oh yeah, you want to see what oneness looks like? You want to see what oneness looks like? Then here, I'm going to give you examples of oneness, right? By, by, by showing you the ideal, right? One man, one woman, bringing forth a beautiful family that goes and continues to spread the 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 faith around the world and you know and and that's what we we look at as a model now knowing that we're human and we have you know massive faults <laughs> that that doesn't always turn out perfectly uh, and I would say if you are struggling in your uh, marriage or you're struggling with uh, some some big things of course um, you know, here I'll give the plug for the St. Raymond Donatus Foundation, <laughs> because uh, that's exactly what the St. Raymond Donatus Foundation does, uh, help, uh, you know, restore those and and work through those big issues, um, you know, surrounding the sacrament of matrimony. Um, but, but, it, but it's a beautiful uh, thing to be able to witness that. And, and so if you're married, if you're a husband or a wife, um, you know, really think about how you can witness God's oneness out in the world through the sacrament of just being together, you know? Uh, be like, like when you're going out, and although, you know, we're still in the coronavirus pandemic, hopefully things are opening up, witness, you know, witness publicly to the sacrament, you know, hold hands with your spouse, you know, push the stroller, whatever, whatever it is, uh, show that oneness, show that beautiful, show it off to the world, you know, because I think when, when people see that authentically, man, it, 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 it really mirrors the fact that, hey, hope exists, God exists. Uh, it, it's a beautiful sacrament to witness. Yeah, it sure is. And and I also want to say thank you for the little plug, right, for the St. Raymond Anonis <laughs> Foundation. Course. And for listeners who don't know a whole lot about us, is that we were formed through a religious order, the Mercedarian Friars. And you can go to our website at nonatis.org. And if anybody's listening and, you know, you're going through those uh, family issues or anything to do with um, family crisis or separation and divorce, we do a free pastoral consultation appointment. So I just want to mention that just in case somebody wants to to make an appointment with one of our friars. We've, uh, as I said, the Mercedarian friars, and, and we'd be happy to. But yeah, Bill, what you said, you know, when you look at the whole world, uh, families really what they are is just what the Catholic Church teaches. It's the the domestic church and they're every single home, right, where you have a family. And, you know, we know that sometimes there's issues where 
you know, there, there can be not the specific, you know, Catholic definition of what we would think of mom, dad, and kids, you know, when I say family, I mean, extended family. I mean, uh, you know, even when there is some kind of family tragedy where it's just one parent and the kids or something like that, it's still a family. Okay. It's a family. I mean, and obviously, as Bill said, that beauty of the of marriage with the two parents, the husband and wife and the children, uh, exercise that as out in public, the love that you have by being a family together when you go to church, when you celebrate. And, and that's a beautiful thing. And I have to say, too, for people who are listening, that our friend here, Bill Snyder, is going to be a dad. Actually, I should say he already is a dad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, little Elvin, his new uh, newborn baby is going to be born soon. So Bill, you're experiencing that yourself in your own life. And I just ask for people to pray for you and your wife, Agnes, on the birth of your, your son that's coming soon. Yeah, no, thank you. And yeah, it's, you know, talking about this and, and tonight is a, is a great way and a great reminder uh, for, for us, uh, you know, be, because, you know, right now I'm uh, living it kind of, you know, up close and personally, <laughs> uh, the next couple of weeks, and uh, and and here I will say, folks, if if uh, if the Beatitudes starts next week, it's because <laughs> it's because it's because my wife is uh, going to go into uh, you know deliver my son Elvin, uh, and I'll be in the hospital. So uh, we've we've kind of um, we're don't worry, we're, Ann and I are prepared for that. Uh, we 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 planned ahead, but. Um, just know that, uh, you know, if, if that happens and you're like, oh, I thought they were going to finish that series on, uh, we'll come back to it. You know, if uh, <laughs> we will get back to it if, if he comes early. Um, but, uh, you know, there's there's a beautiful, um, it, it is so beautiful to really talk about and, and highlight um, this oneness. And I, I just think God is so good. <laughs> I just think God is so good, and when you read these pages, and when you look at how much Christ wants us and desires us to be one, um, and then to mirror that love to to the world, um, you know, and 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 it doesn't have to be, you know, the other thing is it doesn't always have to be. Marriage is obviously the the um, sacramental mirror, right? It's a beautiful sacramental mirror of oneness, but you know, think about doing it in your in your own groups. Right, you know, like, like like we talked about a little bit earlier. Like I like I was saying, okay, you know, we have all these different divisions in in our church, right? You know, we we talk about, okay, I, I like this or I like that or I'm a Latin mass goer, I'm a I'm a you know uh, Novus Ordo person, I'm this, I'm that. Well, you know what? Here's here's one of the things. If you're part of a community like that, if you're part of a community, or let's say you're part of the Altar Society or or an, another group at your church or whatever it might be, youth ministry. Uh, you know, youth ministry tends to have a strong identity, right? Because y- young people are typically passionate about things. Uh, so so high schoolers and, and college kids they get or like organizations like Focus, like the the idea that you have to approach your your diversity with because that's the word that we're going to use diversity not necessarily division but diversity with is to draw unity to the full body so how are you ministering into the 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 groups the other groups the other parts of the body right like like the eyes can serve the hand and the hand can serve the eyes Right. So so we we have to look at it like we're all part of this one body, even though we may have different diversities within the church. You know, 
witness that part of the church to others. Witness that part. You know, give it glory by saying, you know what? I'm no greater than the other parts. I'm no greater than, than, than this part. Right? But, I agree. Yeah. And, and then serve others. And then, and then serve the other parts of the body. Bringing unity to the full body. Because, again, you know, how boring would it be if the body was just all eyes? I mean, you, mean, you know, you've seen, you know, movies and, you know, just horror movies and stuff, you know, like, like that. You know, how, how disgusting is that? You know, it, it, when, when, a, when, a, when a body's just covered in all eyes or you just see, you know, all feet somewhere. Like, like that doesn't work, you know? Uh, so, so it has to be the perfect, and, and, and as that uh, deacon said, uh, Deacon Stan, he, he told me many years ago, uh, you know, the Holy Trinity is, is the perfect, uh, the, the, the perfect combination of unity and diversity. And if, you know, so, so, but, and that's what makes oneness. You know, I, I also think that that's very unique. And uh, it's something that, you know, is unique insight into this is that without diversity, you can't be one. Unless you're a little bit different, you can't be one, right? Like, like you, you have to have diversity in order to be one. Isn't that strange? Isn't that a weird? That's a very oxymoron, right? Yeah, it is. And um, and thank you, Bill. I would also say, you know, as we're coming closely to the close of the podcast, uh, uh, a little call to action for those who are listening, and even for me too, and you, Bill, right, is that we should reflect on what can we do. And how can we pray to bring about more of that oneness? And in my opinion, my humble opinion, I think that one thing that we can do is really and truly just to simply be like Mother Teresa and be kind and gentle with other people and be inviting to them. And now I'm not saying to accept sin, but to accept people as they are because they're on a journey, right? And when people don't feel accepted, and as I repeat again, I'm not talking about sin or about things that are, quote, against the church. I'm talking about accepting the people as they are and as they come to us and that we can still be kind, friendly, gentle, and inviting and non-judgmental too. I really think that that will help us to help to bring about that oneness in a greater way. We need to be friendlier, I think. I do. I think we, we as a people, and we need to, you know, dialogue with people who aren't just like you, right? If we're always hanging out and talking to people that only are exactly like us, and I'm even talking about in the church, right? There's nothing wrong with being friends with people that you feel comfortable with or that you, you get along with. But if we really want to have that oneness, then we need to see the other side and to be inviting to them too, and accept that, you know, just because they're not exactly like me in every way doesn't mean they're wrong. Does that make sense, Bill? It it does, hundred percent. And I and and I do think that you know, being being nice is really important. Oh, you know, absolutely. Be, we talk kind. about that all the time. We we do, <laughs> but no, but no, you just said it. You know, it's so important. Being nice and being kind and being gentle <laughs> like these are important and they're all i mean gentleness is also a fruit of the holy spirit so look at that you know uh but but i mean 
th- these things are important, you, you know, uh, and so really, yeah, I'm, I, I'm so blessed to be, um, you know, sharing with you tonight, Anne, and uh, I, I know that I've learned stuff. As I said, the Holy Spirit always shows up <laughs> when, when you, um, you know, do things in his name like we are. And so, folks, um, I, I encourage you all to, uh, you know, continue to stay tuned to our ministry. We've got lots of exciting stuff coming up. Uh, in, in, in both Anne and I's ministry, um, you know, so, so please um, check out our websites, patchworkheart.org and desantis.com, um, and, and continue to, you know, please comment, like, share, all that stuff. You know, we can't do this without you, too. You know, uh, those little shares and those little likes and all of that stuff, that all counts on social media. Um, you know, we're, we're up against a big tide, and, and we're trying to... Uh, we're trying to combat, you know, it just continuing to come in and come in and come in and take us over. Um, so, so if we if we can uh, help us uh, by sharing the show, sharing episodes you like. Uh, there's 123 episodes now, <laughs> uh, so there's plenty. I know it's unbelievable. <laughs> so, so if you, if you've liked a particular show. Uh, you know, go back in the podcast feeds and share it with your friends and say, hey, you know what? I really um, like this. I really uh, think this can edify something. You know, why don't you take a listen to it? And, and it's not about us. It's just the fact that the Holy Spirit showed up. Uh, and, and that's who we give the glory to, you know, the Holy Spirit to God, uh, that, that he shows up when we witness and when we uh, are just faithful. So, uh, and thank you as always for for being here, and uh, look forward to the next one, uh, which is one holy, holy is next uh, <laughs> up, right? So, uh, one, no, one holy, yep. So holiness is next, and that'll be a fun one too. It will, and just a reminder that'll be this coming Thursday at six p.m. Eastern. So it will be the second mark of the church. So tonight was one Thursday's holy. And then Bill said that um, the next series after this is Beatitudes. We have eight podcasts. We pre-recorded these podcasts. And I have to say, Bill, I'm excited about that, too. They really came out well um, and excited for people to hear how the Holy Spirit came about as we did the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It is. It's going to be a wonderful series, folks. Uh, Remember, stay tuned to Patchwork Heart Ministry. Uh, Very simply, all you have to do is go over to patchworkheart.org. And uh, you'll find podcasts and a whole bunch of other stuff. But until next time, from all of us here, thank you so much for listening and keep beating to your Catholic heart, sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andy Santos too.